Our first scripture passage this morning comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 6, verses 24 through 35. Listen now for God's word. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were with them, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, where did you come? Why did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set the seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was Moses. It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Our second passage comes from the epistle to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does that mean? but that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fulfill all things. The gifts he gave were, the same, were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
So this is World Communion Sunday, and we focus on the very bread of life, Jesus, who sustains us with bread, which will never leave us hungry. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget that at times. And in the challenges of our lives, so many of us forget that the spirit of the living God will sustain us and ground us individually and corporately and never leave us empty. Think about that. I want to begin with a story from a road trip I took to Texas a few years back. It was in the middle of July, so you can imagine how hot it was. Texas in July was 108 that year. I think it probably was even hotter this year. Along that 27-hour route, just one way, I stopped for dinner and gas at a nondescript exit in Arkansas. I was hoping for anything except for fast food and spied Dina's restaurant across the way as a possibility. Now, I've spent many years in the Deep South. I went to undergraduate school in Auburn, Alabama, at Auburn. And I lived in North Carolina for 15 years. And I have a great love and appreciation for the South, as well as a healthy critique. And I thought I knew exactly what to expect when going in to dine at that restaurant. I'd passed many a billboard on the road down there, all the way through Virginia, Tennessee, Arkansas, spouting religious platitudes and promoting guns to keep people safe, all which made me cautious to reconfirm some of my most judgy presuppositions. What I encountered in Dina's restaurant made me face some of my lack of generosity of spirit. As I walked in, I was greeted by a white, youngish man who walked with a limp. I later found out that he was the owner. So after I was seated, I began to notice the other staff in the restaurant, and it was extremely diverse from all different cultures, I assumed. And then my eyes were drawn around the restaurant. There were portraits with motivational quotes from different well-known people. Rosa Parks' quote grabbed me first, saying, each person must live a life as a model for others. And then I saw Martin Luther King Jr., then Willie Nelson. You gotta have Willie if you're in the South. And of course, Elvis. There were also quotes by Bill Gates, George Bernard Shaw, Abe Lincoln, Shakespeare, Bruce Lee, Sun Tzu, an ancient Chinese general and philosopher credited with having authored The Art of War, Jimi Hendrix, Zig Ziglar, Marilyn Monroe, Jim Carrey, Jerry Seinfeld, Buddy Hackett, John Lennon, and Vince Lombardi just to name some of them. I summoned over my server to ask how could this be? And she told me that the owner liked collecting these and that had, he had displayed them both in this restaurant and a restaurant in the next town over. I told her what a gift it had been to me to encounter all of this wisdom 
And then I surprised myself by beginning to cry as I talked to her. My heart had opened, and I felt a sense of connectedness to everyone there in the restaurant, the patrons as well as the staff. I was so surprised by the generosity of spirit and the witness of this man in this place, which I had so prejudged that this was unexpected to me. And by the way, the chicken Caesar salad was to die for. <laughs> the people who followed Jesus, as told in the Gospel of John, faced the same dynamic. They had lived a life of certain reality. But Jesus had come and had shaken it all up. Just before our text, this morning's text, they had been witness to the feeding of the 5,000 with five, with five loaves and of bread and two fish. And somehow, everyone left with enough. There were even leftovers. They marveled, but they quickly forgot. The disciples met up with a great wind on their boat as they left, and they grew very afraid, it said. And Jesus walked out to them and reminded them, it is I, don't be afraid. Still, the people had questions about their welfare. What about this, or what about that? Jesus then told them that he was the bread of life and he would always sustain him. And that truth is the basis upon which we, this many years later, rely on in our faith. The letter to the church at Ephesus leads us further, standing on the knowledge of God's sustaining presence, love, and empowerment. We are urged to grow up in our faith and to live our lives accordingly as those worthy of the lives to which we have been called. Paul reportedly writes this letter during one of the periods that he was imprisoned. And you can be sure that he had time for reflection during those long days and nights. Remember Rosa Parks quote, each person must live their life as a model for others. But then Paul goes on further to say, while we are all one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, we're all different. And we have many different gifts uniquely for us, which we need to use in the context of the ministries to which we have been called. We're called to be generous with the spiritual gifts God has given each one of us. I listened to a TED talk recently, which brings up an interesting challenge, particularly for those of us who live in somewhat homogeneous areas, such as we do here in Greenwich. It's called The Danger of a Single Story. And it was given by a young woman from Nigeria. Her name is Chimamanda Adichie. She eloquently talks about how she grew up in the middle class in a Nigerian neighborhood with a professor father and administrator mother. They had a houseboy named Fride. He and his family were very poor. Her mother always sent Friday home with food and then would tell her to eat and appreciate her own food because she didn't know how poor Friday was. One day, they went to visit Friday and his family. And when they arrived in the small village, Chimamanda noticed a beautiful basket in Friday's, that Friday's mother, brother had made. And she said, 
It has not occurred to me that anybody in his family could actually make something. All I heard about was how poor they were, so it was impossible for me to see them as anything but poor. So their poverty was my single story of them. Similarly, she says when she came to the US for college, she described how her roommate was intrigued by her. The roommate was shocked that Chimamanda spoke English. English is the national language of Nigeria. Additionally, she wanted to hear her tribal music and was disappointed when Chimamanda pulled out a Mariah Carey tape. <laughs> she says, she felt sorry for me even before she saw me. She had a sort of patronizing pity for me. She had a single story of catastrophe of Africa, which did not leave her with a possibility of being similar to me no possibility of connection, no possibility of being equal humans. This morning, we will celebrate with Christians around the world the sacrament which binds us together as one. It will be celebrated in churches with glorious sanctuaries like this one and in fields where the open air is the ceiling. And perhaps the shade tree provides some shade, or perhaps even in a place where the faithful have to be careful to display their faith for fear of reprisal. We are all equal as brothers and sisters made in the image of God, fed and sustained by the bread of life. The challenge and opportunity for us this morning is to grow in our maturity as people who follow and love God. It is to examine where we may have embraced or accepted a single story about someone or some peoples, some area perhaps, which keeps us from fully embracing them as human equals who are as welcome to the table as we are. Because a single story, like the one I had when I walked into that restaurant in Arkansas, may keep you and me from embracing the fullness of love and sustaining power of God. This is one table, but the expression of how that is lived out looks very different around our country, around our world, perhaps even around our own neighborhoods. Thanks be to God who lives and loves and generously welcomes each of us into fellowship with one another and with God. May it be so. Alleluia. Amen.